Welcome to the Irish Tech News Podcast, where we will bring you some of the most interesting interviews and features from the world of tech. Visit irishtechnews.ie and check out our podcast section to explore all of our previous episodes. You can subscribe to our podcast using whatever your favorite app or service is by visiting anchor.fm forward slash irish dash tech dash news. Hi, welcome to our Irish Tech News Podcast. Who have you got in today's podcast? So we start. We start with the, the the leader, Craig. Yeah, my name is Craig Tui. So I'm the managing director of the Contact Group, uh, which is a technology business which consists of DocuTech, which is our managed print business, Smart Office, which is our business process automation piece development and uh, pr- a provider, and Promotive, which is our um, design and marketing agency. And I'm Paul Martin, and I'm the commercial director of same group, Cantec Group, and the co-founder of Smart Office Automation, which merged with Cantec Group last the end of last year. So before we start, tell me actually what Cantec actually does. Give us an overview of what it is, of what Cantec does, so we know who, who they are. Sure, Cantec. Well, we're in business since 1994. Uh, we started in Waterford. My mom and dad set up. A photocopier dealership there, um, and we progressed into you know a provider of managed print services across Munster and and gradually toward um, across the rest of the country. Um, but in the last couple of years, we diversified into providing uh, software for our clients and particularly business process automation software like document management and software which uh, automates the accounts payable process, for example. Um, and we merged with. Smart Office, which is a company um, started by my colleague there, Paul, um, a couple of years ago in Cork. And uh, then the going. design and print and, and marketing arm of our, of our business was always there, and we've just uh, branded it with a new name called Promotive. And how did you guys pivot from what you were doing to what you do now? Pivot, yeah. So, um, you know, we've been providing managed print for donkey's years, for 25 years odd and um, it's been great for us, but we've been dependent on, you know, the amount that our customers print pretty much. So that's how we make our money. Yeah. Um, so I suppose in the last few years, um, it's been a bit of a conflict there because, you know, our customers want to print less. Uh, printing has become inherently unsustainable and bad for the environment, I suppose. And people want to operate in a more efficient way as well and, and printing documents generally isn't, isn't that efficient. Um, so we have recognized that we need to pivot, we need to change direction, we need to diversify a bit. Um, so providing software is, is the obvious way for us to do that and software which makes our customers more efficient, I suppose, in, in their business processes. Um, and of course, so, you know, this gradual um, decline of, of printing was happening um, over the last, I suppose, five to ten years, but of course there's a massive acceleration of that um, when COVID hit um, early last year. So while we were pivoting gradually, we had to up the ante in a big way uh, last year. So very fortunately for me, I met Paul, who's on this call here um, in Cork a couple of years ago, um, tried to hire him to sell printers, which he wasn't interested in very clearly. Um, But he began to 
describe his vision of Smart Office, which is a, a, a business which develops and provides software to automate everyday business processes, like the accounts payable process, for yeah. example. Um, we're also dealing with customs clearance, with document management, and, and a few other things which Paul might go into in a little bit more detail. But so I suppose that pivot for us was to um, be less dependent on selling hardware to our customers um, and relying on the prints uh, which which come out of those those boxes, let's say, and uh, to um, concentrate more, focus more on providing um, solutions, business process automation solutions yeah. like document management and accounts failed, etc. And Brian, uh, oh, sorry, Paul, are these are these so, uh, the software options are they cloud based? Yeah. So Smart, Smart Office since its foundation has been a cloud first business. Yeah. And. Um, for, for a number of different reasons, uh, running parallel to the, we'll say, the paperless office, so also there's a push to reducing infrastructure, you know, clunky infrastructure like big server rooms and the maintenance associated with them. So since, since our inception, um, everything that we have designed uh, and developed uh, has all been uh, on predominantly on the Microsoft Azure platform or AWS. Yeah. So no, no major requirement for any business to have, you know, big infrastructure or technology. And um, it's just web-based login um, and you have access to our, our products. Yeah, because to me that means that w when you're a customer using your products, you don't have to go and download anything. All you got to do is set up an account and log in. And, and for them, it's like when you're moving from the Greg's uh, old server of print and on software, because software is actually stored somewhere else, you don't have to physically download anything or have anything on-premise. It's all cloud-based, which to me is more secure and safer as well and easier to use. Yeah, of course. I mean, if, if you look at the things that have been happening over the last couple of years with, you know, data breaches or data backup and, you know, various different uh, major events, I won't name anyone, but everyone has one and, and it most recently happened to mind. Um, cloud with its multiple failovers and just the way it's inherently set up, yeah. um, it, it is, as you said, um, more secure generally but also in the case of something like that for disaster recovery um, it, it, it's all there it, yeah. it's all there for you um, you just re-download um, in the case of um, physical paper as, as Greg would have provided over the last 25 years um, one of the strategies we have as well is to digitize that paper so we, we have software that allows us to um, understand the document that's coming yeah. in, read what's on it, and then classify it um, to get it back scanned. Because even if you adopt the best technology in the world tomorrow, you're still going to have your legacy stuff that, that, that's already been chowed through the business. And, yeah. and getting that back up to a digital platform as well is, is as important as the stuff going forward. And to me, I guess, is if someone's got a computer in their office and a computer breaks down because it's been used as a thin client, it can easily be replaced within... And uh, and your everything data is put on the cloud. You don't have to spend months or, or days trying to reinstall everything. Yeah, it's interesting actually for for us um, uh, the whole security aspect because I remember you know when we embarked on this journey say five six seven years ago, and a lot of our clients have been very skeptical about prospect of hosting their data in the cloud. Back in those days, they regarded it as you know, insecure. They'd much rather keep their their crown jewels, if you like, in-house on their server. And of course, you know, the in intervening time has proven that anything that's held in-house is far less secure than if you're 
storing um, your information in the cloud on you know AWS or or Azure platform, which you know, generally doesn't get hacked like that have in, in, in the recent past. Because I remember 30, 40 years ago when you were in an office, you had computers that were thin clients or, or they were, they don't, or, 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 as it, back then it was called dumb terminals, linked into a mainframe and all data was stored there. And nowadays the mainframe that, oh, that was then is, is now basically cloud-based. Yeah, you're just utilizing someone else's infrastructure, yeah. you know, those massive data centers um, where it's someone else's responsibility to maintain and keep up and running and, and obviously keep the security uh, key. Um, and you can be sure that Microsoft and, uh, and the likes are top of the curve when it comes to security because they don't have a business yeah. uh, if they don't, um, basically. So um, when you're making it someone else's, when you're making your data someone else's responsibility, um, you, there's multiple benefits to go through that as well. And you're allowing to leverage, even for SMEs in Ireland, um, to, to leverage the best of technology um, without having to pay you know, that premium, that setup. And also, it means it's more secure when you're talking about GDPR as well. Yeah, look, that, that, that was a big thing a couple of years ago. Um, and you see the fines are starting to come out now um, for it. Um, having a, a GDPR strategy and a document around the data that you're, you're sharing or hosting is so important. Um, and getting all your staff to understand um, what that data means. Um, you know, you have people that are, that are in businesses and, you know, it's just their day-to-day -day job. Um, the data that they're working with can be quite sensitive, quite important. Yeah. Um, so, so having a good, strong security safeguarding document relating to GDPR and, and access and anything else is, is really important. Because yeah, to me, it's basically what I've seen over the years. Now that, that you've got something else that's storing your data, you haven't got to worry so much about that anymore. Whereas, whereas if you're holding it in the house, you've got a lot more to worry about. You're giving some of the headaches. Yeah, and, and there's also, look, there, exactly as you said there, you know, making it someone else's responsibility is, uh, in my eyes, uh, the way to go. But also, there are more fundamental things around space, storage, responsibility. We come, we come across quite a lot of businesses, um, both SME and right up to enterprise size, where they've just got off-site. They, they, they basically pay someone to store their documents. Yeah. Um, massive amounts of money. Um, throughout the year um, I don't believe that that's a requirement anymore if they get the correct digital strategy in place where they can digitize it um, and then you're talking about you know subject um, access requests and um, you know even remote working that we're coming into now and you know this term that Greg hates the new normal um, but that that's going to be a thing over the over the next while and if you want to be at the top in terms of retaining or attracting talent, you'll have to, you'll, you'll have to adopt more flexible working practices. Having physical documents living in a warehouse somewhere and someone needs to get them to work them at home just isn't practical anymore. Yeah, in a previous life, I worked in a company, <coughs> did export documents out, and I was doing export documentation for them. And uh, when I was there, and during my year there on, on contract, we had, to, we had to go through a, a government audit. Five years of government just an audit and make sure our, our, what we're doing is correct. And we had lots of, lots of our old files that had to be pulled in from a supplier uh, in a warehouse into the office so that could be checked. And the government would, would, the guy came in, would pick in random boxes and say, check that, check that, check that. Once that's done and you've got the audit, those boxes could then be basically thrown away or burnt because they weren't needed anymore. The fact is you, you had to pay storage for that. 
And if you're shipping a lot, a lot of products, that's a lot of documentation that you're storing in, in a warehouse. And if it can be digitized, less hassle, because you can pull it up there and then on the screen to the person who's doing your audit or whatever. Exactly. It's instant access to, to for, for all stakeholders that yeah. that, 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 that um, information would be relative, relative to. Um, having instant access and fingertips is important. Also, from a purely practical point of view as well, is those warehouses, from a disaster recovery point of view, um, fire, theft, you know, flood, whatever it might be, yeah. um, they're gone if something like that happens. Um, and also even tracking theft and breaches um, may be impossible. Um, you only might know that it's missing when you go looking for it. So having an audit trail around your data as well is, 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 is um, very important. No. Yeah, it's, it's one of the key services that we're providing at the moment, actually. Yeah. We find a lot of our enterprise customers in particular with those you know, massive warehouses full of documents um, want to finally get those digitized, want to have them on their systems so, as Paul says, they can be accessed. Um, they don't want to have to scan them because it's a, it's a really time-consuming operation. We can do that for them. We can do it much more efficiently using, you know, dedicated scanners and the techniques we use. So it's kind of a growing part of our business, literally um, employing our staff to scan documents on behalf of clients, get them onto their systems, get them in digital format, and then from then on um, create a, a better process for them to scan the, every, the everyday material and, and have it freely available in, a, in digital format. And also, you also are now involved in big, big time in clearance tech, and I guess that's something that's going to help uh, your customers save time. Yeah, I, I suppose clearance tech came from, um, I suppose, the, the, the environment that we're surrounded by with Brexit, um, etc. So one of the fundamental um, or flagship products from Smart Office since, um, since we created it was uh, an accounts payable automation product. And not to go too deep into that, but essentially what that does is it captures the information off your supplier invoices and yeah. understands them, reconciles them, extracts it, and sends it on its merry way. But if you imagine the clearance, uh, customs clearance process, you're generally just dealing in uh, commercial invoices and then associated documentation that you need to, um, that, you, that you need to understand uh, and submit the right information. So... When all of the talk around Brexit and the volume of imports and exports that you know that will be increasing from the start of this year, and we came up with the idea to basically co-op the brain that is Smart Office into Clearance Tech, uh, and we do the exact same thing. So very basically, whether it's import or export, and there's different versions of the product for different regions, um, a, a client or a supplier, or an exporter, or an importer, would submit their documentation into our system. So that's SAD documentation, that's commercial invoices, certificate of origin, delivery schedules, whatever it might be. Our brain would then scan all the documentation and the email that it was submitted on as well, in case there's some body of text there, read and understand all of it, and then quantify all the data points into the revenue clearance system. Yeah. So you can imagine the amount of time that that's currently taking. If there are 100 lines on an export um, that need to be entered, uh, understood, entered the right commodity code, the right whatever code that needs to go with it, and then into the system, uh, it could take minutes, it could take hours. In some cases, if it's complex enough, it could take days. So our system is designed to take out all of that work, or a lot of that work, um, and to allow clearance agents 
capacity to, you know, tenfold, twentyfold. And so that the big challenge at the moment that everyone's having is the cost of, of shipping, the cost of clearance, because there just isn't enough people out there to do the work. Yeah. I was just speaking to um, one, one of our uh, clearance agent clients there this morning, and uh, this particular girl works from her home in Middleton, and she gets emails every morning. And uh, it's like a massive source of stress to her because she wonders what she's going to encounter every time she sits on her PC in the morning. How many clearances do I have to do today and how long is it going to take? Um, so she's freaking out basically. And like uh, our system is going to make her life so much easier. So, you know, one particular clearance might take her three hours because of the complexity there. Whereas our system will be designed to cut that down literally to minutes for her. And it gives her the capacity to take on more work because there is so much more work there more than 10 times the, the number of clearances to be done in, in and out of Ireland this year than, than previously because of Brexit. And also, if someone, for example, gives you a sad document and it's got the wrong codes, you can easily get your client to, to change that on, the, on, the, on their end, upload it again, and there's less issues. It's not going to be as time-consuming. Yeah, we, we, we do a number of things in that, really, uh, Ronan. Um, so it's a machine learning brain as well. Yeah. So... After a period of time, we'll understand what's coming in and we'll make suggestions saying, oh, I don't think this is right because previously, 99 times, this product related to this commodity code. We'll suggest that automatically. But e even after that as well, we'll also allow communication, an instant communication platform back to the person who submitted it. Yeah. So by clicking a button, that person will get a link to fill in whatever missing information that they didn't send originally. Whereas previously, that might be 10 or 15 emails throughout the day um, as the person is going through it. So we quantify, we understand immediately what's missing or what we think is wrong, generates a link back to the person, they fill in one, two, three, four things, press submit, and off it goes again. So it, it's, it's all about the time savings here. Because yeah, years ago when I was working in that area, I bring up a, a freight forwarder and say, you, you got the code wrong on the side, can you uh, change it? And then email me back a copy of that, and then I want a, another copy sent to me in the post and I'd be ringing up and, and, and now if you can just do that on your system it's a lot easier and less time consuming yeah and, and also the fact of getting someone on the phone yeah um, you know to, to explain that and uh, I'm sure probably in your experience Ronan you probably heard yeah 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 I'll do that there now no yeah. problem and then you hang up the phone and you never hear from them again I've had so, that. Or, yeah. Or, yeah you know that that's just par for the course and we're all guilty of that for different things um, but our system will automatically generate the, the mail out and then we'll also set reminders. So it's a workflow management piece as well. So we can be as, um, as annoying as the system wants to be or as in the background as it wants. And yeah. it depends maybe on the particular client uh, that you want to set that level for. And I guess if you've got a client that's shipping loads of documents each day, you want it to be very annoying because they've got to be exact where if you're shipping maybe one or two documents a week, and not as annoying. Yeah, exactly. And look... Uh, I suppose what, what the clearance agents in particular are employed for is, is to get stuff moving, yeah. basically. Um, and if the client is missing information or giving bad information, um, they don't really care that it's their fault, um, but they will be coming back to you in a couple of days going, why isn't this done? Why isn't my stock on the move? Yeah. Why isn't this happening? So we, we want to manage that piece as well with audit trail. So uh, an, an agent can say, well, look, when we received this document, three minutes later, a notification was sent back to you guys saying this, this, and this was missing. And then on this time, we sent a reminder. And on this time, we sent another reminder. And on this day, we sent four reminders. Yeah. 
so it, it gives them an audit trail as well um, in, in, in terms of the, the work that they're being paid for and allows them to, I suppose, strip out that side but also uh, present accountability to the end user. There is another issue as well, actually, and in certain circumstances, revenue will actually give you the green light on particular shipments, even though there might be an inherent problem with it that they will return to at a later date. So some of our clients, some of our agents are predicting that in six or 12 months' time, revenue will be going through a lot of those clearances, which were originally given a green light, but they found issues with, and there's more fat to be paid, there's more duty to be paid. So our system is... is uh, designed to give you far more accuracy there so that you know you're not waking up in 12 months time with a, with a massive bill from revenue for underpaid duty or, or, or excise or VAT. Yeah. Now getting back to uh, another thing you guys do also you recently helped UCC reduce their carbon emissions how did that happen? Yeah that was a, that was a kind of a career defining moment for me if you like uh, life-changing in many ways actually because um, you know, we started doing quite a number of government tenders a, a good few years back and I got the opportunity to tender for the managed print for UCC, which is which is great. I went to UCC many moons ago, so I was really keen on winning that business. Um, and the tender was very much geared towards sustainability because UCC is, is one of the top universities in the world, actually, in terms of their green credentials. So I wrote a tender which is very much focused on um, sustainability, environmental issues we quoted for remanufactured machines um, which is great because uh, they have an 80% lower carbon footprint than a newly manufactured machine so it was right up their street and we won the, we won the business which was a very proud moment for me and we went about our job of installing all the new machines and the software which would control the machines etc very big job and stressful at times yes but very rewarding as well and you know, towards the end of, of the implementation process, I was I was talking to the um, the energy manager actually, uh, who's a who's, who's a proper tree hugger now, <laughs> real environmentalist. Pulled up in his um, Nissan Leaf, and we were having a chat about printing. And uh, I was trying to quantify, you know, what are, what are the printing habits of your average UCC person, staff member, or whatever. And he goes, "Well, I, I don't really print." And he goes, oh, "You don't print?" And he goes, "Yeah, he has. He said he hadn't printed a document in five years." So I'm like. Uh-oh, we could be in a bit of trouble here if this, if this gets around, yeah. given that our business model is based on volumes of prints. Um, but that actually changed me that day, and I began to think a lot more about sustainability, um, environmental issues, and how we could help our customers become more sustainable. Um, basically, it's a bit like turkeys voting for Christmas, if you like. Yeah. Um, but we recognize as a business, and a Part of our values that our our customers want to print less. They do. They want to print less to be more efficient, but they want to print less because it's an unsustainable practice. So we actively do that. We actively help our our customers print less by deploying the likes of the software that 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 Paul has been so responsible for um, bringing into our in, into our um, company. Um, and we're happy about it. Um, you know, it's the way forward. And uh, yeah, we're all a, a little bit more. Uh, tree hugger at this point as a result <laughs> yeah that's good to hear because at the moment that that's with climate change being the way it is it's, it's important to have that on the agenda and the fact that you guys are doing that and you're mostly mostly nearly now you're all cloud-based less paper involved which is great yeah and, and one of the other things and one of the other initiatives that we embarked upon was replacing our our fleet of vans for example and our vehicles so we have now six 
um, fully electric vehicles in our fleet, whereas a few years ago we won. And that's a, it's an ongoing process, yes, but by 2025, we hope that every single vehicle we have will be um, fully electric, zero emissions. And uh, um, by the progress we've made so far, we'll get there. Thanks for a great podcast, Craig and Paul. And before we finish, is there anything else you want to add to the podcast or you think you said enough? Um, I, I suppose if we're going to do a, a bit of a pitch as to what we look like for the future for Cantec Group and Smart Office, um, I suppose uh, it's the fundamental ecosystem that we've identified custom clearance and AP and a couple of others. But the, the, the idea uh, is that we'll become a back-end provider and, and automate all of the, the needless business processes. So we, we, we have a, a roadmap to produce products for uh, proof of delivery, expense management, accounts receivables, um, and a couple of others that we keep under our hats for now as well. So the idea is that there's massive potential, in particular in, in, in the SME market in Ireland. Yeah. But one of the massive drains in productivity and growth is you know these manual, mind-numbing tasks um, that take up people, money, and resources. So our idea is to strip that out of the, the businesses and allow them to do productive business and grow. Yeah, uh, it, and that's essentially what we want to become. Yeah, because I guess if you're doing the same mind-dumbing job <clears throat> day in, day out, you're going to make mistakes because you, you're going to get bored with your job. And if you can get AI and machine learning to come in, to come in like I did earlier with Clearance Tech and spot the errors and mistakes and tell them that's wrong, that's wrong, it means you can get a more productive day, you got more work done and you have less issues to deal with in the long term. That's it. Yeah. Um, it. It's all about taking out that that, that mind-numbing task. It, it's generally thankless work because, as you said, you know, if, if bare minimum expectation is that you do the manual entry right, yeah. um, so you don't get any, you don't get any thanks for that. But if it goes wrong, um, then it, it's all on you. Uh, so yeah, in, in implementing clever solutions and systems such as the ones that we produce, um, we'll take all that away from people and allow them to focus on impactful tax, tasks within the business, stuff that requires um, emotional intelligence, sensitivity, you know, a person's touch, rather than moving information from one box to another box. Yeah, you know when somebody's got a, you think that I've got a degree and qualified, why am I just uh, putting paper on a desk and not doing something that I'm good at doing? Speaking of paper, speaking of paper, um, I suppose from an overall Cantech Group perspective, we still intend to grow our DocuTech business, which is the traditional managed print. Um, will be difficult, yeah, because people are going to print less. But we want to, uh, you know, win more business and get more customers around the country, um, and also grow our promoter business, which is designing and marketing agency. Um, but from um, a hyper growth perspective, let's say it's it's smart offices where it's at for us because no longer are we just an Irish based uh, business now, but and um, we've got a lot of very uh, promising opportunities in the UK and further field as well in the US and on mainland Europe, where partners of, of ours who you know the equivalent of me um, in UK businesses and, and European businesses who had been doing just managed print are now keen on diversifying also and offering software solutions to their customers. So we're um, um, actively signing up partners uh, in these territories and hopefully they will promote our, our products uh, you know, around the UK and Europe and we'll be able to grow exponentially on that basis. Yeah, I guess because of COVID and remote working has come into play now, this is something that people are looking more and more into using because of that. 
Yeah, it, it was kind of a perfect storm for smart office running. Yeah. Um, you know, obviously the, the pandemic COVID is a negative, um, but it did accelerate the digital transformation roadmap by, I'd say, a factor of five, maybe more years. So businesses are a lot more open to, um, you know, seeing what the potential are of these software. Um, and also uh, the reach that Greg pointed out there as well, it's, it's not just an Irish thing, it, it's internationally um, that we now have an opportunity because the products we've developed are um, so advanced and easy to implement um, that we have um, companies from abroad coming to us looking to to resell our software. So, um, yeah, it's exciting times ahead. Because 20 or 30 years ago, when you were selling software, you have to sell it basically physically and pack and send them via, via in the post. I remember years ago with Office, you you going and uh, you have to put it together in a packet and then send it to somebody off there buying it online. They wouldn't get it. They couldn't download it. They would just pay yeah. through and then it would be sent to them. Rather than go to a shop, they buy it online, but it would be posted. Whereas now, because it's cloud-based, they can buy it and within two minutes, use it. Yeah. Um, yeah, exactly. It doesn't matter where you are in the world or, or software is applicable. Um, we're setting up uh, teams and support structures for the time zones really is the only channel yeah. um, around yeah. the world. Um, and that will allow us far greater reach than we probably thought was possible two or three years ago. Um, so um, the, the, the cloud for strategy looks to be paying off for now anyway. And for me, basically, if you're trying to sell in another country, in the past, you have to get an agent or open an office there. Now, because it's all sold online, if, if you're selling one market and it's not working too well, you don't really care because the costs are minimal. It's all online. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. a lot of the meetings obviously done remotely, Teams, yeah. Zoom, etc. However, we do find excuses to, to go to the UK and to mainland Europe to meet, to meet yeah. our valuable clients. We, 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 still, we still like the trip, Ronan, is what yeah. we're saying. Yeah. A good junket. Yeah, well, nothing, nothing wrong with that, and I and uh, I, I look forward to basically more chuckles in the in the future. Thanks for that, Greg and Paul, uh, and uh, have a great day and take care. Thanks very much, Ronan. Thanks. Thank you. Thanks. Thank you for listening to the latest Irish Tech News podcast. Check back every day for the latest episode. You can follow us on Twitter at Irish underscore Tech News on Facebook. Facebook.com forward slash Irish Tech News. On LinkedIn, LinkedIn.com forward slash company forward slash Irish dash tech dash news. On Instagram, Instagram.com forward slash Irish Tech News dot IE. And on TikTok, TikTok.com forward slash at Irish Tech News.